Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Tonight, I know we just got back from conference, but how many, how many always want me to preach what the Lord puts on my heart? Whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Amen. I'm always going to want to preach what the Lord puts on my heart. Amen. Just what he, and, and even no matter, and so I don't want you to think, man, you're picking on us, Pastor. I gave this example, and, and I want to say this too. I don't have any, any, anything in my mind for this, but I just feel led to preach on it. Amen. I think it's going to be helpful. I'm not going to put the title up yet, but we're going to leave out of here with a blessing. And it's just like that baby. No, no reason for it except that it's going to help him and be preventative. And then I thought every morning... I, I, I don't know who else does this, but I take something. I take what's called an elixir or a potion or a concoction or whatever you want to call it because I want to be healthy. I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I don't want to be in the hospital. And, well, that's a good place to say amen. I guess y'all want to be in the hospital? Okay. So I take this thing every single morning, and it's nasty. But how many know if something's good for you, you should take it? Okay? Not everything tastes good. And it's apple cider vinegar, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, black pepper, coconut oil, flaxseed oil, and then some honey. But I take that every single morning religiously on an empty stomach to stay healthy. And I know that's all that stuff is. And I drink it and I make faces and I shake my head and I wash, rinse my mouth out after. But I do it because I'm preventing something. I'm taking that thing that I know is good for me. How many know sometimes we get words from the Bible that are good for us, but they don't necessarily taste good, but they're good for us? How many will let me give you a word tonight that's good for us? Amen? So I want to uh, read a verse in just a second, but let's go ahead and put this up. And again, I don't have anybody in mind except you. Amen? As I'm preaching this, taming the tongue. Amen. Take, go ahead and get that whistle out real quick. Amen. Remember in Mexico, when it's hard, they whistle. Amen. Taming the tongue. This is something, church, that, again, is preventative. I don't have a person in my mind. I don't have a situation in my mind. I just feel led to preach this. And it's, these kind of messages are what keeps our church healthy. This is what keeps us strong. This is like that elixir. This is like those vaccine shots, those immunization shots that hurt a little bit, but they help us. And so we're going to talk about taming the tongue. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. And Paul, Paul is coming to the church, and actually right before I read it, he, he's coming to the church. Remember that he would go to these churches as an apostle, meaning that he had started these churches, and now he's visiting them. And he was always coming to them and saying, listen, I've heard different things are going on or these situations are happening and I want to deal with these things. And he would challenge the people and he would encourage the people. And now 2,000 years later, here we are reading these books about the Bible as a church just like they were. Remember that anything we deal with in the Bible, anything we talk about, tonight the subject is taming the tongue, anything we talk about is not something we're dealing with today that they didn't deal with 2,000 years ago. There's nothing, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The same things we're facing today, they faced back then. And so we're in the same company. And this has always been a thing that's been a problem is taming the tongue. Amen? 
So he says, I'm afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find. And, and you won't like my response. So he's already kind of leading him up. He's like, I got something to tell you, but you're not going to like my response. I'm afraid that I might find quarreling or jealousy or anger or selfishness or slander or gossip or arrogance or and, not even or, and disorderly behavior. So he's coming in. I don't know any, any context of this in the sense of if he already knew something or he was just saying, as I come in, I'm afraid that I'm going to find these things. But whatever it is, he's doing the same thing back then I'm doing tonight. He's, he's saying, let's get our immunization shots. God wants to do a great thing in this church. Let's make sure that this is not an area that is getting us. Let's make sure that we are all controlling our tongue and walking the way God wants us to walk. How many know we must continue every day to tame our tongue? Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, we must tame our tongues. That's a we. That's not an I. It's a we. We all need to do it. We all, at one time or another, uh, can get caught up in things uh, that, that are, are going on or hearing things or whatever, saying things or just whatever. This is something we have to battle with all the time. And I want us to think about that. So here's the definition of one of those words, slander, gossip, but I want to pick, uh, pick slander. Did you know that in some countries, slander is actually a crime? Matter of fact, Pastor Dylan said in Tanzania, it is a crime. A crime. So like, if you slandered somebody, you could be arrested for it. I mean, no, that's kind of scary, amen? And here's what the definition of slander is. The action... And this is the definition or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Okay, let me read that again. The action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Now this is something we all have to battle because here we are, a one big family. How many know we're a big family? This is a big family here. We're a big family and as we continue to grow, it's going to be bigger. And we, we don't want to be people who don't have tamed tongues. We want to be a church that has a good reputation. How many want to have a good reputation? And so here's another thing, another part of uh, down below the definition. It says a false or malicious spoken statement. It's crazy sometimes to think as you read these things like, how could we get to that place? You ever thought about that? How could we even get to that place as believers where we would make a false spoken statement damaging to somebody? Or we would make a malicious... It doesn't even make sense for a Christian and malicious to be in the same sentence, does it? doesn't even make sense. And so it says false and malicious spoken statement. So we get to this place. How do we get to this place? Well, I believe the reason we get to this place is because kind of what I preached last Wednesday. If you weren't at conference or didn't go to conference, that'd be a good message to go back and look at then attacking the spirit of familiarity we become too familiar with each other that we lose our respect and we lose our honor and our reverence for each other and so here's the thing pastor jones said a bunch of years ago and pastor dill and i were talking about this back in the office before we came out that we both remembered another thing that slander is and this is maybe where it gets the the most dangerous or we're easiest to do it is slander can be Saying something true about somebody, so you're not lying about them, but you're saying it in a way to hurt them. How many caught that? 
You're, you're, still, you're saying the truth. It's a true statement. But you're saying it with the intent to hurt that person. And so I just kind of wanted to give that back. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. And, and, and I, I am, I am I'm not, again, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I don't have anybody in mind. I want you to understand. I hope you can see that in my face. Uh, there are times when, as a pastor you have to deal with things. That this is going on right now. We're going to nip it in the bud. None of that is the case. I just feel led to preach this. This is a Wednesday night. Amen. This is the core of our church. Those that come on Wednesday nights are, we're the radicals. Amen. And we want to be the ones who, who are, are influencing those on Sunday mornings that are coming for the first time or, or what we call the Sunday morning onlys that come only on Sundays or whatever the case may be. But I do want you to understand this, the seriousness of God when it comes to the tongue. And we're, if time permits, we're going to get into uh, some verses that will show that. But watch this in Proverbs chapter 6. The Bible says 16 to 19 that there are six things. Now, how many have ever heard the word hate? Maybe you were taught by your parents, don't say that word hate. And that, listen, respect your parents and do what they say. But the word hate is in the Bible. There are things God hates. Now, if God hates these things, how many know we should hate them? If God hates them, we should hate them. If God loves them, we should love them. So, is, is everybody seeing that word there? The six things the Lord hates, and then it says, yes, seven are an abomination to Him. And here's the seven things. A proud look. So he hates pride. Look what the second one is. A lying tongue. Third one, hands that shed innocent blood. Fourth one, a heart that devises wicked plans. How many know to devise wicked plans you have to use your mouth? So it ties in. Five, feet that are swift to running to evil. Six, here we go again, a false witness who what? Say that word speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Do you realize that five out of those seven have to do with the tongue? Hello. Five out of seven things that God hates have to do with our tongues. Lying, speaking, planning, devising, and all those different things. So what I'm trying to tell you with that is God takes this serious. And it's something that we all have to work on. Amen? Can, can we all agree with that? That we all have to work on that? This isn't, this isn't just a few people in here that might have this problem. We all have to work on it. We all have to be uh, in control of it and help, help with it. One of the, I'm going to say this twice in this message so you can write it down. What do, what do we speak a lot of times? I, I thought about this the most. This might have been the main reason the Lord was dealing with me on, with me on this to preach this. Parents, lift your hands up if you're parents in this place. I'm going to ask you a question. How many parents here want your kids, I know it's kind of a dumb question, or it seems dumb, but it's a real question. How many want your, parent, your kids to be blessed? You want your kids to get older when they're in their 20s and their 30s and all the way up? You want them to be blessed. I mean, it would be crazy if someone was like, nah, not me. I understand that, but we, we all have that desire. I want to make a, a very uh, profound statement tonight. I want you to talking about the tongue. If you will be careful and watch your tongue around your kids, you will keep your kids from lots of suffering. Y'all get that? What, what are the things that you speak about in your home 
about people that your kids listen to. Amen? I'm, 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 trust, look at me again. I'm smiling. I'm not mad. This is just, I'm just trying to help you guys. But I, I, I think today of, and I, again, no, no specific, necessary specific examples, but I see a lot of backslidden people. I see a lot of kids not serving God. I see a lot of homes and unrest and homes and all kinds of problems. And, and I wonder sometimes, what were the conversations that happened in those homes from the parents about people? About people in the church, about pastors, about leaders, about the things of God. You know, we want our kids to serve God and we want our kids to be blessed and follow in our ways. But could it be possible that some of the things that we say at home are pushing them down the wrong road? And they're, they're going to get to a place when they get older that they're going to church now because you, they live in your home. But how many want your kids to go to church when they get older because they want to? And so we have to really be careful of this. I just want to throw that out there. And, and, the, and the question would be, are you sowing, or not are you, because you are, what kind of seeds are you sowing for your kids' futures? Okay, just let that simmer in a little bit. What kind of seeds, and I mean with your mouth, are you sowing for your kids' futures, your grandkids' futures, your nieces' and nephews' futures? And one quote that I think is really powerful many of you have heard, and I'm kind of going slow on this a little bit, is it's, it's kind of funny because we get caught, how many know we get caught up in things? Can I get a better amen? What that means is we get caught up in a group, or we get caught up in a situation, or we get caught up in our flesh. When somebody gossips or slanders or does something like that, they're caught up in their flesh. It's, not, it's our flesh that wants to do these things. And, and how many know misery loves company? Get around, if you're miserable and you get around someone else who's miserable, you're going to have a great time. You're just going to be miserable together and you're just going to, in Spanish, I don't think it works in English, but we used to say in Spanish that, uh, that you, would, you would eat the other person for dinner, basically, in conversation. That's how it translates in Spanish. And you get around someone else who's negative, and instead of being that positive influence, you just dive right in and add to it. You throw some salt and pepper on it and some seasoning on it and start to make a meal together but listen to this if you must slander somebody this is going to kind of throw you off if you must slander someone so you just like I can't help it pastor I just can't help it I'm gonna give you a way out if you must slander someone some of y'all like "What, what in the world don't speak it write it down y'all with me write it down and then write it down in the sand right near the water. That went over some of y'all's heads. If you got to say it, you can't hold it in, go write it down in the sand near the water so the water can wash it away. Look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Here's an entire chapter. Whole chapter. You don't think this is an area that we all have to work on? James chapter 3, the whole chapter is about the tongue. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. This is what we talk about when we say, hey, you know what? The call is real. Take it serious. 
Because you're going to have to be held to a higher standard. Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. Can I get an amen? amen? If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn the whole body. Leave that verse for the second. Is that unbelievable that an entire humongous big horse can be bridled by his mouth, by his tongue, by what's in his mouth? Big old horse. And then verse 4. Look also at ships. Big, humongous, gigantic, enormous ships are so large and are driven by fierce winds and they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, watch this, even so, the tongue is a little member. Oh, and by the way, I just want to throw this in. I, don't, I, I wasn't looking for any amens tonight, so don't worry, I'm not upset. <laughs> even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So this tongue is a little tiny thing, but it boasts great things. How many know with this little tongue, we can do great things? Or we can do great destruction. Don't forget that as this message is going on, the flip side is all the wonderful things we can do with our words. We can lift people up. We can edify people. We can encourage people. We can prophesy over people. We can speak life over people. So the, the, don't forget that as, as we're talking about the negative, God wants us to be on the positive side. We can, it can boast great things. And it says, see how great a forest, a little fire kindles. I know in Colorado, they have humongous fires. I know all across the United States, California, that sometimes is all on fire. And you know, it's a little tiny spark that starts that humongous fire that, that burns thousands and hundreds of thousands of acres of land. One little tiny spark. That's what he's saying here. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. You don't think this is a, an important subject? I might need to preach on this the next six months. It's a big subject. It's a world of iniquity. That little tiny, it's a world of iniquity. These aren't my words, this is the Bible. The tongue is so set among our members, watch this, and this is a word that I was looking up this week, that it defiles the whole body. Just let me throw this out there. Could it be possible sometimes that we're sick? Could it be possible sometimes that we're struggling? Could it be possible sometimes that we're living things in our lives that are brought on by the defilement we bring on our lives with our tongue? I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm trying to keep you out of defiling yourself. We've got to watch our tongues and guard our tongues and bridle our tongues because the Bible says if we don't, we're defiling ourselves. And it says it defiles not just our minds or, or just part of our body. It defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And watch how the end of this verse ends. And it is set on fire by hell. Amen. How many are glad I'm reading this in such a nice, slow, loving way? I'm not spitting on you and I'm not slapping you and... I'm not pointing at you, amen. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to read this and get us to say, man, we got to work on this tongue thing. We're getting an immunization, immu, Im, what's, I lost the immunization 
tonight. Amen. An elixir, a concoction to keep us healthy in the Word. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, watch this, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. So some of you, oh, there you go, Pastor. See, we can't help it. Some of y'all are underlining that. See, next time you, see, God, God said we can't tame it. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We bless our God and Father. And with it, oh, we curse men who have been made in the other word for that is image of God, similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. How many know that exists? Should it exist? But it does. People can come into this place tonight and we can lift up holy hands and we can worship and sing these songs and clap and praise and then we can go out of this place and we can eat somebody for dinner with our words in the same mouth. He says, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Can I get an amen? amen? He says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let me, how, how many want to be wise in here tonight? He says, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. How many know we need to humble ourselves? The key is on our knees. The key is spending time in the presence of God. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. The wis this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Leave that right there for a second. That means if we don't get this gossip thing or slant, and maybe we don't have a problem, but if we, if we don't control it, it becomes demonic. Demonic. It undermines, it cuts, it destroys. You know, we have something beautiful and wonderful going on in our church, and if, if we don't watch it and be careful always, not just tonight, but always, the demonic spirits of darkness can come in and uproot everything we've done. Everything we're seeing happen if we don't watch our tongue. Amen? Let's finish with these last three verses. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is pure. First pure, then peaceable and gentle. Here's the key. How many are willing to yield tonight? How many are willing to yield to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, I need your help. I can't tame my tongue on my own. I need your help. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the last verse says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I see that as a decision. Amen? Think about some scenarios in the church. You know, we have... How many know we have prayer chains? 
We have intercessors. We'll send out a text and say, hey, let's pray for so-and-so. Sometimes we have prayer meetings. And, and, and this doesn't necessarily happen in our church, but it happens in churches where they'll get together in a group. And they'll begin to pray. And, and, and over here, so-and-so raises their hand and says, I've got a prayer request. I want to lift up Brother Joe. Not Joe Hudgens, amen. I want to lift up Brother Joe tonight. He, he, instead of just saying, I want to lift up Brother Joe, they got to say what we need to lift up Brother Joe for. Well, I want to lift up Brother Joe because he's having struggles with his marriage. And then the next person says, oh, yeah, I heard, and we need to lift up this too because, yeah, the kids are kind of, and all of a sudden that prayer chain turns into a gospel gossip train. Are you with me? See how things can happen? Things can happen with a good intent. And we say, oh, I'm going to lift up so-and-so. But if our hearts aren't right, a prayer chain turns into a gossip train. Now, as I begin to close, I want you to write this down if you haven't written anything else in this place tonight. If you haven't taken any notes. This is a good nugget for you. Whoever gossips to you will gossip about you. Amen. If they're, if they're whispering in your ear, they're whispering in their, someone else's ear about you. Are you with me? So I just want to do something. I was telling Pastor Jones, I've never done this, at least in my recollection. There is a slight little possibility I have, but I don't think I have. I want to write, I want to read how gossip should be handled. Okay? Slander, gossip. I want to read how it should be handled. If I'd have had time, I'd have got someone to act this out with me, but how many will just let me be a split personality for a second? <laughs> Amen. I'm going to be a split personality. I'm going to be the gossiper, and I'm going to be the recipient. Okay, so the gossiper is going to be over here, and I'm going to keep my paper with me so I can be both people. So I'm the gossiper, and the re- I'm also the recipient. You just can't see me because I can't be two people at once. So I'm the gossiper. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? I'm looking at the recipient. They did this and that. No, I have not heard that. Let's go right now and talk to them about it, and maybe we can help them. Let's tell them what you heard and see if, if we can talk to them about it and see if we can help. No, 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 no. I don't think I'd like to do that. I don't want to embarrass them. It might not even be true. Recipient. Well, that's a good point. Who did you hear this from? If it's not true, we need to talk to the source. Let's go talk to them and see if all three of us can sit down together and find the problem. And the recipient says to the gospel, who was the person who told you? Can you tell me their name? The gossiper. Well, I can't remember who it was that told me. I don't remember the name. Convenient amnesia. <laughs> so the recipient says, and this, this is how you're supposed to handle gossip. I'll pass this out to anybody who wants it. Really? You can't remember who told you who, all this stuff, but you remember every detail? 
We should go to the pastor. Remember, this is the recipient. We should go to the pastor or a leader and talk to them about this. It sounds like the person who's spreading gossip about someone it believes somebody's doing some really bad things, and I think they should know about it. The gossiper. I should have done a spin with all that. No, maybe it's not true anyways, and I think it's probably none of our business. The recipient. Well, if I hear any more about this, I'll come to you, and maybe we can remember who it was, and we can all get together and talk about this to the church leaders and the pastor. By now, and this, if you follow this, this conversation, that gossiper is no longer interested in gossiping. Can I get an amen? amen. I'll give you a copy of that, and we can keep it, and we can pull it out. What, 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 next time someone comes to give some gossip to you, just, just whip this out. And say, okay, you're the gossiper. I'm the recipient. And you guys just play this out. And everybody here is going to know. And so once the paper comes out, they're either going to be like, okay, let's do this or nah. Right? We just all keep this in our pockets. Amen. You know, it's funny, but at the same time, it's true. That, that's how gossip should be handled. Because the Bible says that when somebody has a problem with another person, they're supposed to go and tell somebody else behind their back. What does the Bible say? You're supposed to go to that brother. You're supposed to say, hey, I heard this about you. Is it true? But wouldn't it be amazing if sometimes people would get the opportunity to clear their name on something or have the opportunity to even know that something's being said about them? You know, all the time as pastors, we hear about stuff. You know, when we hear about stuff a lot of times when the damage is already done. We finally get, we, we have to come in, amen, Pastor Mario, amen, Pastor Dylan. We have to come in a lot of times at the end and unscramble scrambled eggs because we didn't know anything about it until the end. But if we do it right and we have these kind of sensors in our heart and then we keep our hearts pure, then those things will never happen. And, and if you've got a question about somebody or you wonder something about somebody, you can just go straight to that person and ask them. As I close, here's some things that gossip can do to destroy a church. It's evil. It's self-centered. It's divisive. It's deceptive. It harms reputations. It destroys trust. Causes hypocrisy. How many know we don't want to have hypocrisy in our lives? And, and here's the greatest one. It risks God's judgment on a church. Amen? How many are still here? So to finish, I have one more verse, but I want to throw this out. Remember, what are you saying around your kids? What are you, what are you speaking around the table, lifting up? Saying, how many know you can always find something positive to say, to say about somebody? Always. You can always look at the, If we want to as human beings, we can easily destroy people. We can always find a stain on the shirt. We can always find a problem in their life. We can all, no matter what you're looking at, you can find something. And, and unfortunately, church, some people live that way. Some people don't know how to find any good in anything. They just always see the negative. And some people have been raised that way. Maybe you were raised in that kind of a house. Well, let God set you free from that. 
Let God change that and turn that around so that you don't pass that curse down to your kids. Amen. And, and that you're not tearing down people and you're not tearing down leadership and you're not tearing down your pastor and you're not tearing down other couples and, and your kids aren't listening to that and they're not, they get to an age, I never heard, I can tell you at my, at my I never heard my parents tear people down. Never. Never. I can't think of any time I ever heard my parents tear people down. Ever. How I many know that's a good thing? My parents did a good job. I, I, because if they did, I would remember it. And if they did, I would be doing it too. Because how many know we do what we see and we do what we hear? And so this isn't coming in condemnation. This is coming in challenge and immunization and preparation and and uh, what's the other word I like to use? Prevention. Thank you. Love prevention. So we're called to be a blessing. I believe we're called to be a blessing. We want our kids to be blessed. We want our, our grandkids to be blessed. So let's finish with 1 Peter chapter 3. Watch this. Just three verses. Verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, how do we do this? Be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love his brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Not returning evil for evil. You know if somebody's, you heard someone talking bad about you, instead of just going back at them with something bad about them, what would you do to your kids if they were listening and so-and-so you, know, said this about us, but you know what, they, they have a great marriage or they have whatever and you, and you find a way to return it positive. The Bible says to me when I read it that you're, you're, reaping, you're uh, pouring hot coals over their head when you put it back on them that way. Not returning evil for evil or reveling for reveling or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a what? A blessing. How many want to be blessed? For he who would love life and see good days. Who, want, who wants to live good lives and see good days? What do we got to do? What's, what does it say to do there? Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears and his ears are open to their prayers. How many remember my brother-in-law's testimony? I thought that was so amazing in his testimony that he was so good at his words to say that when he heard that message he knew his intentions were being blocked he didn't say prayers because at that time he didn't know what prayers were but his intentions were blocked how many times church are in are our prayers blocked because our our hearts are not right with god and and maybe we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and god said god doesn't answer me god doesn't love me maybe our hearts are Maybe we need to change our vocabulary. Maybe we need to lift people up and not tear people down. Amen? But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Father, thank you for this immunization on this Wednesday night. This kind of message is, is medicine to our souls. God, there may not be one person in here who is a gossiper. Not one person in who, who struggles with this. But Lord, if that's the case, help us never to enter into it. There may be somebody in this place who is a professional gossiper, Lord. I don't know. You know people's hearts. You know people's intentions. You say in your word that you weigh out the intentions of your people. 
And God, I can speak for myself. I want my heart to be pure. I want my, my intentions to be pure. I want my mind to be pure. I want my words to be seasoned, Father God. I want them to be salt. I want truth to come out of my mouth and not lies. Father, I pray that you just help us tonight to take this as it is. Work on every single one of us. It, it might be a night where we didn't shout a lot or clap a lot or, or say a lot of amens, but God, this is something we all need. It's something that will help us all because in 10 or 15 or 20 years, if you tarry, we want our kids to be blessed. We don't want to bring a curse on our kids by the way we speak, Father. Oh, God, help us all. We all repent. We all turn from our flesh. Our flesh wants to do wrong. Our flesh wants to say things that are hurtful. Our flesh wants to get the last word in. But God, tonight you're helping us as a church to, to prevent that judgment of God coming, to prevent, Lord, that hypocrisy from being in our church. We want to be in one mind, one spirit, and one accord. Not only here in this church, but those that are watching online. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place. How many in this place tonight could be honest with God and say, I don't know Jesus. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. If I died today, I would go to hell. I would, I would split eternity wide open because I'm not saved. I've not put my faith in Jesus Christ. And tonight I want to do that. Maybe you're watching online, listening on the podcast. We're preaching the good news. We're preaching the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And oh, do we need forgiveness because we are all sinners. How many across this place from front to back and side to side could say, I need to make a decision tonight. I need to be saved. I want to be born again. If that's you, just lift up your hand all across this place and say, that's me. See my hand. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to come into my life. You're watching online. You've never said the sinner's prayer. You've never been born again. You've never given your life to Jesus. And tonight, you want to be born again. We're going to say a prayer in just a moment. Maybe you're in this congregation or watching online and you're backslidden, running from the grace of God, making bad decisions. Maybe this subject tonight has caused you to be ruined. You have allowed your tongue to speak death over people and, and you've allowed your tongue to run wild and you've spoken lies or you even maybe even it's the truth but you've slandered people and tonight you're backslidden and you want to come home. Maybe you're, this has nothing to do with you but tonight you're cold in your spirit and you want to be born again. You want to reconcile. You say, Lord, I've, I've been running from you and I want to come home tonight. How many can say, I need to reconcile with Jesus tonight? Just lift up your hand. Put it right back down all across this place. Amen. As we stand tonight across this place on this Wednesday night, I know this is our Wednesday night crowd, but we always want to make a statement to the devil that this is a place of salvation. But there may be somebody watching online right now, listening on the podcast, that this has pierced their hearts. How I many know there's going to be some people in heaven we meet that we never meet personally? that heard this podcast, that listened online. We were just talking earlier that we want to see this reach more people. I didn't ever want to be on live stream or TV, but if we're going to be on, we might as well reach as many people as we can. Amen? How many will say this prayer with me for those that are watching online? I want you to say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight in need of a Savior. 
I'm lost. I'm a sinner. And your word says that the wages of my sin are death and separation. But I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross to take my place. You took my sins upon you. You shed your blood for my forgiveness. And tonight I believe that. I receive that. I put my faith on you. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Please cleanse me. Wash me clean. Make me a new creation. And write my name in Lamb's Book of Life right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.